so this is episode two, but technically one, of Soundcheck. But we'll see what uh, domains are free, essentially. And if you already listened to this, then you've you've already done the hard bit and you found it. So well done to you. Um, I'd like to introduce who we have in the shed today. It's uh, it's Big Love Jeff. <laughs> people uh, people are laughing because that's a joke. Is <laughs> actually known as Button Mushroom Jeff. <laughs> and. Lawrence of Arabia, Wayne. <laughs> and I am Louis. By the way, we got some very good response on the last one. Oh, excellent. Excellent response. Yeah, Celine Dion actually dropped me a note. Did she? Yeah. What was it? Congratulating us on such a wonderful performance. She'll be listening again this week. Did it say... Uh... I should be name dropping every week. Was it a uh, an anagram for Football United? No. Celebrities do listen in. Just thought I'd let you know that. Is that a, a new title of a podcast you've got going on? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what. Celebrities do listen in. Yeah, I love. Thank you. <laughs> you you're gonna have to learn to keep up. <laughs> although although at last time we did a good one. <laughs> did a good wet last one. Oh yeah. <laughs> I heard. Yeah. <laughs> and tonight we have started off drinking. We're drinking a London IPA. It's called Anytime IPA. A four point seven. A little uh, tropical bike notes to it. Very refreshing. Very crisp. Very nice. Very good. So I like if, that one. If uh, anytime Meantime. London IPA would like to send us some free gifts, anytime. preferably some more of this IPA, oh, not yeah. a baseball cap. No, would you like a flake with that? Sorry? Would you like a flake with that? You meant to pour it like that? <laughs> yeah, well, technically, that's no. how you meant to, uh, you meant to pour it. It releases all the gases and it brings out the flavour, apparently. No. I, Louis told us this last time. He did, here, yeah. And I, I checked it. it out. Not that I disbelieved him, because it's it sounded like I'd heard it somewhere before. So I checked it out, and it's true. Just it's had a true. quick look on. Uh, it just takes Lycos. Remember Lycos? <laughs> Google. Quick, quick search on Lycos internet. What's that? Exactly. That was the one of the first browsers. Oh right. Internet browsers or uh, oh. Ask Jeeves. Oh, which reminds me, Lycos Jeeves. was like a black yes. Labrador. Which reminds me, a, a subject we could uh, touch on, since you mentioned dates. Oh, good. What happened? What happened on the first of June, nineteen ninety-nine? First of June, nineteen ninety-nine. And do we think it was a good or a bad thing? I'm guessing it's musical. Yeah. First um, of June, nineteen ninety-nine. Well, my first. The stop doing. Top at Pops or something like no, that. No, we not the, the. No, the, I think Pants People might have packed in that year, but no. The, the, sun, <laughs> the Sunday. Sorry? The Sunday thing that they used to do, the Top uh, 40. That's what No, Top, top Pops 2, that thing. Yeah. No, no, it's a bit more important than that, musically. It was a game changer. It's never recovered from it. Uh, Did it need to recover? Was it the best thing that ever happened to it? This is the, the end question of, I'm posing. The end of Noel's house party. Oh, there you go. There you oh, go. Uh, okay. No. Uh, Mr. Blobby at number one. No, it, no what I'm, it was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No. Can we get a clue? I was just kidding you, no. Well, not a, really. A, a game changer in the music industry. But that could be old. Oh, wait. Was it Napster? Correct. Uh, Correct. Uh, Napster. Napster was launched on the 1st of June, 1999. Yeah, yeah. Uh, subsequently, uh, it's been a game changer. It well, com it completely changed the way we 
use music, listen to music, carry music, input, download sideways and every other way. Well, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have um, streaming today. Although, right. maybe we would. It's, we it's probably would have done, I but it was the start of it. It's more yeah. of like whether the internet come at the time, the internet wasn't good enough for that. But what you could do is you could download an album in 24 hours. There's a story about Napster and um, Shaggy. Right. Do you know, was it me, Shaggy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, which is actually uh, a legal term used in court. Uh, it was, it's uh, known as a, as a Shaggy, as in, in in the face of all evidence saying that you did do this, if they're still denying it, it's known as a Shaggy. Really? Or was it me? It was, it was me. Okay. It's not a joke. That's, yeah, people, really? that's what people nickname it. It was me. It was me. Uh, so, that song... Uh, it was illegally downloaded by somebody in in Hawaii on a radio show, and he played it, and people went nuts for it. Right. And he'd he'd already like, I think he was struggling to get a record deal for this for this record that he was going to come out put out, and that song was going to get dropped from the album. But that song ended up being a massive hit because of illegal downloading, mm-hmm. and then subsequent number one and so shows. He might have had a big hit, but did he have the revenue to go with that big hit? I think it generated it, but yeah. in a backwards sort of way. Yeah. So people were getting to hear this song before it was even released, and it wasn't even meant to be on the, on the album. But yeah, it's like a, there is a, a documentary about. Um, Apparently, about the way the way it went, it says it it done this wizardry with file sharing thing, and it right. said to thirty of his close friends or something like that, "Yeah, this is what I've done. I'll let you you can go into this and listen to my." File share and you can listen to my music thingy, but don't tell anybody. I mean, that's like a red rag to any bull, isn't it? So, that, what happened? It exploded and they all caught on with it. The, from 1999 to something like 2007, CD sales dropped by 57%. I think that's the number. I could be wrong, but I think somebody quoted fifty-seven percent. That's a big all market or a revenue for any yeah. band. Yeah. Well, yeah, we. But I think as a listener, <clears throat> it's better. But as an artist, it's worse, isn't it? Well, it depends how you're listening because um, some people are really into the quality of the song. So an MP3 is poorer quality. It's compressed. Mm. Um, Streaming, I think, is a little bit better, it's a maybe. Lot better. But um, but it's not the full rich sound that you would get on a on a um on the plus side. CD slash vinyl. On the plus side, it, it I find it, it. I think it's better than a vinyl. Well, the, there's, there's the argument Everybody for accessibility, it. isn't there? Everybody loves it because you can just listen to any music th- any from anywhere in the world. Yeah, anywhere in the world, and yeah. it's how convenient is that? The downside is the people who produce that music don't get paid for it. No, well, that's what I was saying. As a listener, yeah. I think it's beneficial. It's benefited the listener, but not yeah. the artist. Yeah. What, what, what it the did, only, what the it only did thing to the market as well, though, it was a bit like when punk had its peak, 76 or what, it, 77, something like that, and they all went independent and mm. a bit DIY with these little record labels that sprung up all of them. They were doing themselves, making the music and not going through the big, not all of them were going through the big record labels. So what happened when they got all this 
uh, downloading. People were able to do that again, form their own record label, form their own company, really, and they could produce and distribute their own goods. Yeah, they still a lot do it now, don't they? Well, it is. It's it, because of that very yeah. reason. Because it became DIY again. They did, it went from being corporate, where they were making all money. All right, they put a chunk of money up front to promote these people. But it, it, let's face it, it, it stands and falls been. on quality of the song anyway. do not matter whether you're purple, pink or blue. If, it doesn't, if it's a crap song, it's a crap song. But if it's a good song, it will always sell. Yeah. Well, one yeah. of the interesting things about streaming, though, is that um, <clears throat> there's been a big notice in that intros to songs are dramatically shorter. Yes, And the time are. it takes for a song to get to a chorus yeah. is... It's crazy. Like sometimes they'll just, well, majority they'll just start with the, the chorus. Yeah. Because they want that, they want to get you setting. hooked in. Yeah. As soon as you, because it's so easy to just press skip. Like it's very rare that yeah. people listen to an album on Spotify. They just skip, skip, skip until the inventor of the skip button. Mm-hmm. If he'd have painted that. Yeah. Well, Adele, when she released her latest album, she got Spotify to remove the shuffle button from her album, so she wanted people to listen to that album as it was meant, as it is intended to be. Uh, recorded so from track one to track eight yeah. so so rather than just shuffling it yeah which i think is good yeah why yeah uh, different. well because it's, there's, there's probably it's a concept a, to it yeah it's, i think it had a story, story to do with a divorce uh so it probably went from a to b um and it, you she would have an artist would have put the tracks in a certain order because that's how they wanted them to be displayed i guess it's like like a film not all films will work like Pulp Fiction, where the end becomes big, the beginning. Yeah, it's, yeah. You, you want which I love. <laughs> yeah, but like time and place. But they don't always work. Yeah. If every film were like that, then they'd be boring. But when Tarantino brings one out, and it's yeah. good. If it was a Cheeky Girls album, it's like oh, whatever, shuffle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get it, Cheeky Bum, yeah. Flatulence, fine. Yeah. Wait, yeah, well, yeah, but <laughs> not, yeah. You're not only convinced about that, are you? No. Why? Because not every album tells a story. Well, no, they don't. That's true. So why not? I think the shuffle button's there for a reason. If you want it, you press it. Yeah. If you don't want it, you don't press it. Well. And for Adele to say, I don't want people to shuffle my album. Well, she. Adele. Adele. Does she all of a sudden own music? No. No, she doesn't. Yeah, I see your no. point. She's an artist that has given her album to Spotify. And if I'd have been Spotify, I'd have said, well, if you don't want to shuffle it, we won't play it. Actually, that's a good good point for a commercial break. No, no, sorry. <laughs> um, that's actually a good point you made there. Because if you think about it, if you were to buy Adele's album on CD, not that anyone buys CDs anymore, but a CD player will have a shuffle button. Yeah. yeah. So you can shuffle you, it. You could skip it yeah. or shuffle yeah. it or you could do what you want with it. So that really don't work. That's just uh, being uh yeah, Well, and you could always download the album and then you could, Not that I've got wrong with it. You could press skip very good. once it's been downloaded, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I get your point. I get your point. She's every right to do that. Whether it works, whether it makes any difference. I just don't see the point. There's an no. interesting thing happening with when you were talking about um, artists making money. So, like, for an artist to make any money, they have to have, like, X amount of million streams. Yeah. And it's all marketing. It's all social media. 
like the amount of money that people throw behind publicizing someone's mm. image. Mm. Uh, underground artists or up and coming artists that aren't signed to massive deals just can't compete. So one of the best chances that they have is to get onto a playlist. So mm. like a themed playlist like car ride or something like that or mm. summer vibes, whatever. Mm. Um, and a lot of them that they make money out of touring. So it, it, in a way, it's a it's a double whammy for the consumer because you get to listen to all this music for a minimal price, and then what that does is because the artist doesn't get paid that well, then it forces the artist out to tour. So they have to tour a lot like they did back in the sixties to make any money. So yeah. then the artist, the, the consumers like, yeah, you get to see them live. I get to see them at festivals. Yeah. So they make, a, they make a lot of their money out of merchandise. Uh, but what's happening is there's a lot of interest around um, the blockchain as in cryptocurrency. So you can, nice it's going to get confusing, but if you imagine a badger with a calculator, <laughs> no, no. So <laughs> you can embed the right of your music within the blockchain digitally, and it entitles you to complete. Well, it it's, it it almost gives you complete ownership of the music, and it can do away with record companies because what's a record company there for? To get you in the studio, um, most. People, most people put money up front to get in the studio and to get a record made, but most yeah. people are using Logic Pro or Pro Tools, which you can do on your laptop. And with minimal investment, really, you can put together a decent, a decent track. So there, you don't need to get CDs distributors. You don't need all that sort of thing. You don't need print media. You don't need print marketing. Yeah. Well, it's, the big, the it's big all I... social media. So I, I suspect that that's going to have a big impact on the way the artists work in the future, and it could be the demise of big labels. Well, there's only three now, isn't there? Is there? Warner's, EMI, and what's Sony? Sony. Could be Sony. I think think there's only three major players now. The rest of them are like small independent. But the big high flyers all have their own recording studios in basement anyway. Not necessarily, no. No, you get an artist that'll be signed to a label, but he wants to record at Muscle Shorts, eh? Yeah, but oh, there's a lot of, well, I bet, I bet 90% of high flyers have got their own records. Oh, got their own. Right, sorry, the, I thought you meant the labels got their own studio. Their right, own yeah, studios. yeah, well, possibly, yeah. Because they all gather at whoever's house in band and they're just yeah. recording the, in the basement because they've got all stuff there. They don't need to go to EMI no more and record in their studios. They just do it at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'll just gather there and spend a week there and that's it. Well, I remember um, David Gray's Babylon album. Well, that was done in his bedroom, wasn't it? White Ladder, is it? Yeah, it was yeah. done in his bedroom and that was back in the day. Like, it was 1998. Still a bit of fact-checking on that. 1998, I'm going to say. But uh, something to do when you, when you hey, stream it, isn't it? When did White Ladder come out? You have to listen to, is it? 30 White seconds yeah. in 1998 before, well art, before artists gets paid. No. Well, yes. 30, it's 30, I think it's 30 seconds. 30 seconds, isn't it? Once you've done your 30 that's why we're going back to the yeah. point that Lou were making about the skip button, because people are skipping after 10 seconds. If we don't catch them in 10 seconds, they're off. Not the next level. We do it. Mm. Everybody does it. Yeah. Um, that's why intros are becoming shorter. Um yeah, I think it's the first thirty seconds, and then it's classed as a yeah. as a as a, a listening to as a listen, and that's yeah. why you get all these people. Oh yeah, I've had three hundred thousand hits 
Well, they aren't really. They've had 300,000 people listen to 30 seconds, mm. possibly. Or yeah. 40 seconds. So that's not really a hit, is it? Not in my book. No. No, to, to, to have a hit, you've got to listen to the, the song. Always. Yeah, repeatedly. You've got to listen to it from start to finish. And yeah. then, it's a, then it's a listen. It's a listen, then. TikTok. I don't think that's a technical term, hits, listen. Then, I don't think that's how they technically say That's a listen. Well, yeah. maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Like, TikTok has a big influence on music now. So then it'll play a few seconds of a song. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be the chorus and it gets stuck in here. And then that will be almost like subliminal marketing for that song. Because people use that song as it trends, but they put it in the background of their videos and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's a big deal, though, isn't it? I mean, that's why a lot of the big artists that's knocking on a little bit. They sold all the back catalogs, aren't they, for millions of pounds, dollars, whatever, yeah. to these German corporate companies, um, which is, I think, it's a great idea for artists. Me, you know, like whoever, who's just done it now? What did Dave Gilmore did it? Or somebody just I think did it? Floyd are about doing it. Aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah they might. They might have been actually. Moment about somebody, selling theirs. somebody just made about three hundred million. Oh, we'll say one hundred fifty million. 150 million. I, 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 think. I think it might be Pink Floyd because I saw a video of uh, Roger Walters complaining, as is, it is very rarely does. That's not That's like, not like, not like Roger. He was complaining. Roger Walters complain about anything. Wow. He, he was must have been a bad day. He was he was complaining that uh, David Gilmore thinks that he is Pink Floyd and that he owns Pink Floyd. You know, I mean, let's not forget that Roger did leave Pink Floyd. A in long eight, time ago. In 86, was it? 86, yes. 85? Yeah, he, he thought he was Pink Floyd, but yeah. he's not. Fair enough, fair enough. Up until... If you ask anybody, name a member of Pink Floyd, I bet 95% will say, give you one. Yeah. Up, up, <laughs> up until the wall. <laughs> up until the wall. Yes, he was Pink Floyd, but so was the rest of the members of the band Pink Floyd. We're not going to count the final cut because that should never have been made, really. Um, like they say, by the way, which one's pink? They were, yeah. Mr. Pink. And then after that, it went from centre. Division Bell, what an album. That, that is, is a fantastic album. It's what an album that is. That really might be my favourite Pink Floyd they, album. They didn't really do a bad one, though. It's, it's, really it's just a superb album. Everything about it. They, they, they didn't really do a bad album, did they? No. Oh, yeah. to, really, when you, if you go through it, it's like... Mm-hmm. Did turning away come off that? Uh, yeah, I think it's got did, coming did, back did. to life. Keep talking. Uh, what do you want from me? On the turning away, because we all go on about comfortably numb, which is a superb piece of recorded music, excellent guitar work. Uh, but for me, the solo on end of on the turning away is. It's half a point behind Comfortably Numb for me. Could you give us a little taste of that? Bling. That's nice. <laughs> no, it is. I think it's brilliant. I think it's really good. And it's it's classic Gilmore. Every note is chosen for a purpose. There's no wasted mo- notes there. It's laboured over every phrase in the, every note that's on there. <clears throat> and he's very good at doing that. That's the way he plays. If you listen to him play other people's music is very jaunty is very yeah i'm not going to say struggles with it but he's not comfortable with it but when he's playing his own pieces he's just the master at playing that guitar yeah yeah i'd agree 
he um so what is it comfortable minimum is in what is it a minor or something like that we don't know but it's not a fast tempo so it's not shredding it's very melodic isn't it yeah it's it's and it's one of those that I think he can just sit in the key. Uh, I think it's pretty much pentatonic with a few bits of. It's just it's flurries it, on there. It's light and shade and feel. Yeah, light and shade. That's it's just it's it flows along and it peaks and troughs and it's beautiful, like a roller coaster. No, it's, it's not a bit like Ronan Keating, like, like, what he was singing about. Clickety clackety clackety. It's not like that. It's got to ride it. No. Have you got a favourite Floyd solo or? It's got to be comfortable, enough, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we're all we're all convinced that comfortable room is the best one. What what, you, what would you? I don't know. I guess would that's, you throw it's, one it's, in after I that? I think you can use it because it's so obvious. I think you have to. Well, that's why I don't have it on yeah. my playlist on Spotify because I don't want to wear I, it out. I, I, like, I, I want to get bored. I, I, I like of it. us and them. I like mother. Yeah. I like sorrow. I think the opening yeah. bit to sorrow is just unbelievable. Yeah. Apparently done in a football stadium. Yeah. One take and all, wasn't it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. What took one take in a. I'm wow. sorry, what it Dallas Cowboys? Something like, like that. that. Yeah, he got Played all amps it. set up. And yeah, and one take, boom! It, it's that up, that opening minute, See, minute and a half. This is, is the thing about it; it doesn't sound very unreal. complicated. But to get that sound, it was very complicated. I can imagine it was. I bet it took longer to set up than it did to play the yeah. track. Oh yeah. I bet it took hours to get <laughs> everything <laughs> right. We all uh, we all marvel at. Uh, Led Zeppelin setting up in the stairwell, setting drums up in the stairwell. Oh, how amazing is that? Well, I have to go and get Dallas Cowboys to <laughs> set up in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Yeah. What, Headley Hall or something, they did stairs in. I mean, that's that's just... Well, I mean, with the Pink Floyd thing, that's like pure indulgence, isn't it? Like, well, yeah. I mean, to get that big See, that's, sound. that's another thing that's altered. Because it is a big sound, that opening bit of sorrow. That's another massive. thing that's changed. They don't do that anymore, do they? No. They don't have that indulgence anymore. They don't... There isn't the money to have that indulgence anymore. No, they don't... They don't... I, I think there's a lot more... Uh, and it sounds so pretentious, so I don't really want to say it, but I'm going to say it because I can't really think of anything. It, 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 they want to keep it sort of real... And so they do it as not in a, such a short a space of time as the candle, but they want to keep that instant feel about it. There's not many doing three years on an album now. They they, they wouldn't be allowed to do it. I remember um, there was an interview with Chris Martin from Coldplay, and he was saying when they were doing uh, the second album, um, they said that they took. They took three years on it or something like that, and they were getting a lot of heat, and they lost their bonus to produce. So they, they get like a bonus if they can produce the album on the time that they said they were going to produce it. Really? And they lost it because they wanted to get it right. So they took longer. Um, so I, I think artists are, I mean, they're obviously screwed down with money a lot of the time anyway, so there's an incentive to just bash out music every one and a half years, two years, mm. because... She, it's just not like it was back in the seventies. Times have completely changed. Good, I think. I think for the better. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, because of what? Well, you. I mean, you yeah, can actually, overly, it, overthink a lot of things. Can't. I mean, they didn't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Pink Floyd got it wrong. They didn't. They got it very right. And if it meant for them labouring over something for three years, four years. Then it obviously worked, didn't it? But 
I think a lot, you can overcomplicate things by overthinking them, can't you? Sometimes you can really perform well when you've been given a deadline. If, you, if you're I not given so, a deadline, yeah. you can yeah. just swander and not really get down to work. There's a good quote that I heard, and I, I can't remember who said it. Um, Me? I think, it, I think well, it was either you or Picasso, and I think it was Picasso. Oh, right. And the quote is, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but the quote was something like, um, uh, inspiration will come, but you have to work at it. You have to work for it. So and that what he means is by that is that you can't sit there waiting to be inspired. You have to grab the paintbrush and apply paint to canvas, and you have yeah. to work for the inspiration to come. It's not going to come while you sat there scratching your ass. No. You've, you've got to do the work, and yeah. that's when the inspiration comes. So you're not going to write comfortably numb if you're not trying to write comfortably numb. Yeah. And the point you touched on there, if you give somebody enough time, they're going to take that time. Yeah. Well, you've got four years to produce your next album. They're going to take four years. Exactly. They might be able to do it in four months, but it'll take four years. And some people's best work is done quickly. You hear all, all these stories. Oh, yeah, we did it in four days. We did an album in four days. Oh, great. Oh, How oh, come we didn't do that before? Oh, when a song can be written in, in five minutes, like a really famous song. Yeah. Um, that's not that's n not always the given, though, is it? No, it's not. But they have to be at the job. They have to be trying oh, yeah. to write they, a song. sat in front of a pen yeah. and paper. And then actually... that's when the inspiration comes. So yeah. you have to work for it. Yeah. Uh, my favourite, I think, off, without listening, but off the top of my head, David Gilmour solo, is Coming Back to Life from yeah. The Division Bell. Because it starts on like a nylon guitar, the, the song starts, mm. and it builds up and builds up, and it's it's a, uh, it sounds like a resurgence of... Coming Back to Life. Yeah. Because it's a positive song. Strange so, enough. But, but like, you know... Um, Comfortably numb sounds brooding and, and, and sorrow, but I, I do like Come Back to Life. I've heard it played once live yeah. uh, by a band in the Cutlers. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. it's got that big bouncy bass line. Boom, ba-dum. Um, yeah, they did all right job of it. Yeah. This is a, a, a little pub in Rotherham. What band called? They were called Pink Floyd. <laughs> now I don't know what they're called. Yeah. yeah. Coming good. back to Ireland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying, I'm just looking at the album tracks now. I hopes lost for words. That's a good, good track. Keep talking. That's a good one. Featuring Stephen Hawkins, the late Stephen Hawkins. The late Stephen Hawkins. In fact, there's a solo on that which is good because and it uses a voice box. Yeah. Take it back. Wearing the inside out. That's a good track. Um, it's a great day for freedom. Marooned, which is a bit of a classic these days. Pulled apart. What do you want from me? And Cluster One, another good track. I think it's a damn sight better than Pick That Lock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different format, but there you go. Yeah. Didn't we touch on that last time we spoke? Pick That Lock? Yeah. I don't think so. Did we not? No. Well, he had an album, David Gobbo had an album prior, and I don't know if the album was called... Island. Island, was it? Mm. Well, there was a song on it called The Boat Lies Waiting. <sighs> that might have been his, his album then, because there's the first, a great I think, track yeah. called The Boat Lies Waiting, and it uses like audio from uh, 
is the late keyboardist uh, and his son as a child. But he's actually, David Gilmore's recording studio is a big boat on the Thames. He's on his boat. Well, that's where he yeah, lives. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got his big studio there. So uh, the boat lies waiting. Has he still got that? Um, uh, it, I know he did. He's not told me otherwise. I didn't think it were on, I thought it were on, um, what year, it's on a river. What yeah. year did Division Bell come out? Uh, 1989. No, I'll say 87. 94. Oh, 94. Oh, yeah. Odd, isn't it? You've got Division Bell and then you've also got Nirvana and Oasis. All massive yeah, at the big within the same that time. few years, yeah. yeah. Strange. Yeah, strange collection of music. I thought it was eighties. Yeah, that is. No, well, I'm sure I've just read that right. You talk amongst yourselves. Hey, um, hey, Siri. When did Pink Floyd's Division Bell come out in the UK? Okay, I found this on the web for when did Pink Floyd Division Bell come out in the UK? Check it out. Uh, yeah, it's 1989. No, it's not. It's nineteen eighty-four. Are you allowed to promote Siri on our podcast? Uh, there are other virtual voice assistants available. There is only one Pink Floyd. There is Alexa. There is Siri, and for there's the, Wayne Lawrence. There's there Wayne, which me. is absolutely. <laughs> That's one of the responses. Absolutely. <laughs> Did you tell me the other week <coughs> about yeah. a podcast uh, with... Oh, see? My... Like a colander. A podcast with... My brain's like a colander. A, a record producer's got a big beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called... Uh, Broken Record. Broken Record, and it's with Rick... Rubin. Not Rick Stein. Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, Rick yeah. Rubin yeah. I listened to a few of those. It's you, quite good. Do you listen to the second one that is done with, uh, again? I, I don't I don't know. I've listened to as many. Uh, White Stripes. Oh, Jack White. Jack White, yeah. No, I've not listened to that. But very interesting. Listen to that one. Yeah. He, he, does yeah. some, he does some pretty interesting ones. Uh, the one that I quite enjoyed was when he was talking to Andre 3000 from Outcast. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so he had that big hit. Well, I mean, Outcast were massive, but they had that particular big hit called Hey Ya, which everyone knows. It's mm-hmm. everyone's happy playlist song. Um, and then they it's just, not it, on mine. Well, no, it's not on mine. It, and then they just disappeared. Um, and he he was seen playing his his clarinet in New York airport and stuff, and he just wanders around. And he doesn't really want to do much. He also did that Hendrix film, which he, he I think he played really well. I do, but the film was slated. But what's um, he done since? Nothing. It's got tremendous anxiety. Is it? Yeah, he wants. He finds it difficult to create music because he wants to create something new, but he finds everything he's doing is substandard, and there's so much expectation on him, and he he is is crippled by his own success. Right. And he talks about that, and it's quite interesting and, and uh, refreshing to hear somebody talk about how how the success has been nothing but problems. Yeah. Like in, in an artistic way, rather than like, oh, I'm so famous, I can't scratch my own ass. But yeah. he, he's, he's got a lot to live up to, hasn't he? He's his own worst he critic. He fears his own downfall. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. When you've I, had I, such I a massive. That, I live bit. that, I walk that every day. It's <laughs> a good job you sat down. <laughs> no, but we're having a good chat with, with uh, Jack White, and I've, he's, he's a very interesting young man, Jack White. I like Jack White. 
he's uh i've listened to several conversations with him and he is and i watched that thing that he did with about his press plant pressing plant oh yeah it's vinyl pressing yeah he's Third really switched records. on kid he's really in touch with blues loves his blues yeah he does yeah. builds his own instruments and he's actually a a, a, a he used to run an upholstery shop before yeah, yeah. Took you a while to warm him though, didn't it? It did. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of White Stripes, to be fair. Yeah. I found them. Uh, no, I went, I'm not. I'm not going to use the word uh, quirky, unusual, or strange, because I I like bands like that. They're not my type of band, but I like bands like that because I think every now and again you need bands like that to just shake up that. Uh, that format, that 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 environment. You need. Oh yeah, these are different. Well, it sends you in another direction, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, you need bands like that. And I thought they were they were good for that. They might they were not always my cup of tea, but I I, I liked it. I, and look what it sprung since then. Mm-hmm. The two member bands. There's quite a few of them now. Yeah. That that that, that feel that format. It's uh, yeah. It works really well, but the kid is very interesting to listen to when he's talking about music, when he's talking about the industry and his methods of working and his thoughts behind it. Did you know he's got his own uh, 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 press plant now no. for pressing albums? No. Yeah, it's a very successful. The, he, the machinery, he told- he, he has a, that's his biggest obstacle, getting the machinery, because nobody makes it anymore. And he says he can produce between six and eight thousand albums a day, but you're going to wait ten months to get your album. There's that much of a demand for albums. He says if we had another couple of plants, that'd be great. Another couple of press machines would be all right, but it still won't be enough. Yeah. He holds it's the world popular. record for the it's fastest what, coming. What LPs and yeah. coming back? Oh like yeah, it's, it's, it's way outstripping CDs. He has them for a number of years now. But it's so popular, uh, albums. Would you go back to them? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I know, you don't do you don't like... I'd, I'd like to own certain ones, probably. He has a booth where he, he he broke the record for the fastest time from recording to pressing. So there's a booth where... Do you know, like, I used to do it back in the, like, it? 50s, where they go in a little booth and they play the acoustic. Yeah, didn't they say it was just press plant? Yeah, so it, it it did it there, and then it walked around the corner, and they got pressed, and it was like the world record, like to drive some attention around it. And he also set up a petition to encourage big uh, labels in America to get on the back of uh, vinyl pressing, because he's not doing it for selfish reasons; he's doing it because he loves the art of the vinyl. Yeah, and yeah. He wants more vinyl to be accessible. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and I didn't know this, but there's actually like the. The, the black is the best colour vinyl to have for music quality. And he was saying once in an interview that I think like yellow, uh, it looks really cool, but it's actually not as good as, as like uh, some other colours. Like right. something about the way that yeah, the plasticity it of it... It not sound properly, does it? It's, it's, something it's like, like that. The, just mm. like the, the, the plasticity of it and how it... I don't know, it seems to be that black sounds better. Right. Because you can get all sorts of wonderful colours and tie dyes. You get a lot of people that. That's a lot of things, isn't it? uh, They're very up on this type of stuff with vinyl thing because they'll know the weight of an an album, LP. They know Mm. the weight because the different weights of albums are different quality. I suppose it depends on how many tracks are on it. 
Really? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. Especially with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> there's actually an, an uptake as well about uh, there are, there's some uh, there's a company in New York that are trying to do um, uh, in, like recycled vinyl. So um, uh, like a, like so the the vinyl that they use is actually quite damaging to the environment because it comes they have to create it from new some chips. Isn't it? So this is more like an eco friendly vinyl, but they're, they're trying to get it to sound just as good and that's the complicated bit right so there's no other material that could use that just doesn't sound as good as vinyl yeah yeah would you would would you go back to vinyl as much as you stream no you wouldn't no because no no i wouldn't I, i like and it's an old it's a generational thing this um Louis take on this might be different because he's a bit younger, a lot younger. Well, that's giving a bit. And then you get four to, years old. And then you get to people like uh, Callum's age, who is just coming up eighteen, and he sees it completely different to you see it probably. I mean, I don't know what the generation like, thing, does it, me, Callum? <laughs> it was it was LPs, it was vinyls, and there was something extremely tactile about holding a vinyl. I know you've heard this a million times, holding a vinyl and reading the sleeve notes. Yeah. Oh, great. Looking at cover and yeah. reading all, because you used to get the sheet because inside you it, you with know, lyrics on, inside sleeve. That's the difference like between that. downloading, because you, you've actually invested in that, that, that feeling. You've paid good money to have that piece of paper and that piece of vinyl. Yeah, but you, you pay know. for Spotify. Yeah, but you also no, you don't, look you at don't see artwork. that. It goes out in your bank. It's just a number on a piece of paper at end of month that comes through your, into your, your Dropbox thing. Uh, but... Actually, physically handing over some cash or swiping your card, all right. But holding that piece of vinyl in your hand, that's an investment that you've made in that experience, I think. Yeah, I understand that, but would you go back to vinyl? Yeah, to a certain extent I would. I would, because I see them now more as a, a dated art form almost. And I'd buy it just for the fact that I'm owning a new, I don't know, uh, I don't know. I think, well, what, what would you say? Well, I, I think, so I, I love Spotify and streaming um, and YouTube for live music, but I, I like I like vinyl because vinyl has its limitations, as in it's a pain in the arse to skip. You we, can we, do it, and people are very good at it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it encourages you to spend, listen. It, it encourages you to invest some time in an album and listen to it from beginning to end, and then you get to really appreciate um, the tracks. I, I don't think there's a a lot of space in today's world for a grower. You know, if you were to listen to, let's say, the Division Bell by Pink Floyd on Spotify, I don't think that you would have allowed yourself enough time to think. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this through. I'm gonna let it grow on me. Like my like a first ears through virgin ears. It could be like well, this is just pants. It's taking ages, but a vinyl makes you invest time in it because you've actually put over that money. But you you feel a, you feel no, an obligation. Not, ne- not necessarily that. No. Just because I you can't feel an skip it's easy. Right, I'm, I'm gonna give this a good crack because I've just spent twenty quid on. No, I don't. But I if mean, you I want, get what you're saying, but I, don't, so, I think it's but human that, nature. That almost sounds like you would buy the album at twenty quid 
not knowing what you're going to get, just yeah. to see if you like it or not. I, I think, I think and if, it's pure and laziness. If not, and, and if you know what you're going to get and you don't like that type of stuff, well, you're not going to buy no, it. No, no, you you'd only buy it with confidence anyway. Like, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So you, so that yeah, what he's just said it's like, is it's like you. No, I, you, I think you'd hear a single from it. You'd hear a single from it. You think, oh, that's a good single. I like that track. It's a good track. That. But you just buy a the single, album. then, wouldn't you? I'm quite confident in that track. There's been a. So you a won't listen to Spotify first or listen to album? I will buy an artist when I weren't completely happy with them. Yeah. You know. So you won't listen to Spotify first to listen to the album, then go out and buy the album? Possibly. Why not? Yeah. Possibly do that. Yeah. I'd, I'd, hey, that's a good track. They just downloaded me the first new single off uh, so-and-so's new album. Yeah, I quite like that. I might check out the album. It's a good way of supporting the artist because, in a way, saying, buying not... their vinyl is like buying mm. merchandise. Because... Yeah, what I'm saying is, yeah, I, I oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But I just... just because I'm buying a vinyl, I just it think might, it might have a nice cover. It might have an interesting cover. It might just be a piece of. I just I think. Know. I just think in today's age. I think I fancy that album. I think I'll buy that. I just think in today's age that people can't be asked. So why? So why? Because if you sat on settee. Why is why is Jack White who owns a, a record pro, a pressing plant? Why is having to wait ten months to have his own records printed, pressed? Well, because there's so much demand for it. Yeah, I'm not saying there's not demand for it. But what, I, what I'm saying is, if you're sat on your settee in your room and you think, I have put, a swivel chair, I'll put some music on, and your your your, your LP players on the other side of the room, and your phone's there, what you can Bluetooth to your speaker. Are you going to get up, scout for your albums, pick your album out, put yeah. it on, or are you just going I get, to go, I get, I get what oh, I'll just put that on, I, I and think, then I get what you're saying. Bluetooth it? I just, I think, I think what I people just, are doing in today's age, people can't experience. be asked to walk up and put an album yeah, on. Yeah, but like no. some people are, are paying for a premium experience, the premium experience of, the, of, the, of an album. It's not like seeing, like with a film, you see it in 4K, or you go and see it at the cinema, or Blu-ray, I don't know if people still use Blu-ray, uh, or you project it onto a, a projector on a big screen or whatever. Um, I, I, f- I think like you listen to it on, on Spotify, and if you enjoyed the artist or, or the single, then you invest in a premium experience, and that is the vinyl. Uh, and you sit there and you listen to it, and you enjoy the artwork, and you I, I, that's the highest quality that you're going to get of that song. Yeah, I understand all that. but uh, So it's like an investment as well. No, but no. at the end of the week, I still think you would... I still think it, it it's not going to be... I think there's a room for both. Oh, there is. But I, I think sh- there's a room for both. And I, I, and I, oh, and definitely. I definitely would use both. The number of albums I would buy would be limited. But what I'm saying is I would buy them just as a piece of permanent nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. If nothing else. Yeah, and, yeah I get that. But I, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, it's just one of the things where you just... Don't you think it's just one of the things? I can't be asked to get up and rummage through that and I'll just, I'll just blow to Spotify to me speaker. I used to... I just think it's easier. I used to really enjoy when as a child uh, sifting through your... I'm, I'm speaking to Big Love, my father. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I, I've got a therapist. Um, <laughs> uh, sifting through the vinyls and looking at all the artwork. So the artwork's always quite special. Like You, you can never really appreciate it well, even on a CD, even on a CD or a cassette, I mean, there's something oddly weird. Yeah, but how many like, how many but, times can you look at that album? Cover? Well, you're, you're not going to sit there every day. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing. There's something about the complete package of just, of enjoying 
being a package normal, of music. Just being my normal negative self. Well, it's fine. It, it's it's open. Uh, that's, the, that's the beauty of that, opinions I, I, and debates. I would like to get the gatefold the wall and open it up, mm-hmm. frame it, put it on the wall. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It is. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just what does saying... No, it's fine. It's fine to disagree. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. But yeah, because I, I understand what you mean. But what I mean is... Scarf. Sorry? The artist that did the wall. Was it Scarf? The artist that did the wall? The artwork. Oh, I don't know. I, I think don't it know. was Scarf. The cartoonist. But, ev- but, ev- but ev- ev- I get the album stuff and I get the little cool stuff because I used to like it myself. But every time you put that album on, you're not going to look at that cover. So you no. so that no, I cover, know what you're saying. So, and so, I think there's room for both. I yeah, there is. Oh, absolutely. Both, yeah, yeah. unless you get the vinyl out of its sleeve with with your eyes closed. Ooh. And then how do you know you've picked the correct album? Yeah. You might have put something like Thomas the Tank Engine. So is that danger? Absolutely. Or something even worse, like Cheeky Boys. Cheeky Boys. I have not heard that album. <laughs> Scarf. Gerald Scarf did it. Thank you. It's more musical than it was last time. Yes. Yeah, if only yeah. you could hear last time, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Celine did say, what a mess. But also that her heart will go on, so. Yeah. Did it skip a beat? Is that Celine Dion's song? I don't know, is it? <laughs> Play the game, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the end of that chapter, the first episode of Soundcheck Complete. I hope you enjoyed it. There may have been a few strange noises. This is an early stage in the process. There will have been some face scratching, some banging, some pops and claps, some heavy breathing from some of the senior members of this podcast. I can only apologise. But if you stick with us, things should improve. And to sign us out, I'm going to click a random loop that I found on this website. Enjoy, and I will see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>